Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. December 20th marks an important anniversary in American history, one that we appreciate year-round and one with a prominent Baltimore connection. The story begins sometime in the 1830s, when a Cincinnati grain and cotton merchant named Adam Thompson found himself in England on business. A few years earlier, in 1828, Lord John Russell and a small group of British enthusiasts had begun using an undersized contrivance called a bathtub. Somehow, Thompson learned of it and acquired the strange new habit of taking a daily bath. He then brought this preposterous idea home with him to Cincinnati. Thompson was a successful man, and he lived in a large, well-made house. That was fortunate because the bathtub he designed was much bigger than Lord Russell's puny tin basin. For one thing, Thompson thought a man should be able to sit in it. For another, he figured bathing would be much simpler if a maid didn't have to lug water into the house. Thompson attached a large six-man hand pump to his well and pumped water up to a tank in his attic. From there, two pipes ran down to what came to be called the bathroom. The first was a direct line and provided cold water. The second detoured into the chimney, where it coiled around the flue and provided water heated by the cooking fire in the kitchen. The pipes emptied into a splendid new contrivance put together by one James Culness, the best cabinet maker in Cincinnati. Constructed of elaborately polished Nicaraguan mahogany, it was nearly seven feet long and fully four feet wide. To make it watertight, the interior was lined with sheet lead, carefully soldered at the joints. The whole contraption weighed about 1,750 pounds, and the floor of the room in which it was placed had to be reinforced to support it. At 8 o'clock in the morning of December 20th, 1842, Adam Thompson climbed into his marvelous new tub and took a cold bath. Later that afternoon, he took another, this one with water heated to a comfortable 105 degrees. Delighted with the results, on Christmas Day, he invited a number of gentlemen to dinner and showed off his new invention. Four of them risked life and health and tried it, one after another. The next day, word of what had come to Cincinnati hit the newspapers, and soon a violent dispute was underway. Everyone knew that bathing was dangerous. Philadelphia immediately considered an ordinance prohibiting bathing between November 1st and March 15th. It failed by only two votes. Virginia laid a $30 tax on bathtubs, and Hartford, Providence, Charleston, and Wilmington, Delaware, raised the water rates for those using them. Boston made bathing illegal except on medical advice. Bathtubs were the province of the rich for a few years, until a Brooklyn plumber named John F. Simpson designed one made of zinc that was far more affordable. Bathing quickly began to catch on. By 1850, there were a thousand bathtubs in New York City, and one or two in every hotel. Then Dr. Oliver Wendell Holmes himself came out in favor of bathing, and the American Medical Association declared it a harmless practice. The final push came from none other than Millard Fillmore. In March 1850, while still vice president and stumping in Cincinnati, he visited the original Thompson bathtub. That July, when President Zachary Taylor died after eating too many cherries, Fillmore became president and shortly thereafter ordered a bathtub constructed in the White House. Bathing had come to the United States. By now, you must wonder what this has to do with Baltimore. It's simply this. The history of the American bathtub, and all its wonderful detail, comes to us courtesy of one Henry Louis Mencken. The story first appeared in the New York Evening Mail on December 28, 1917, and for years afterward it was cited by academic and medical authorities, all of whom were completely unaware that they'd been hoodwinked. You see, 
Henry Louis Mencken, merry prankster that he was, had made the whole thing up, right here in your Maryland. <laughs>